Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode in the Spotlight series. We are in November. We just finished the Halloween Screamathon, third annual. And so now we are slowing it down and doing war movies. I've actually, you know, we really, really want to slow it down. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, we're very much more death. Yeah, a more lot, guns. A lot of death. Metaphors everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> sadness yes lots and lots of sadness not so much campiness just sadness yeah so for our first movie of the month in the war genre we had greg greg's out here making all the good picks i'm jealous but he uh he asked us if we watched this movie called the five bloods and i was like i remember seeing it but no ladies and gentlemen we sat down and watched the five bloods for this week and it is a damn good movie uh very very well done movie i actually absolutely enjoyed it uh it's two and a half hours didn't feel like that yeah i did i did not feel bored at all it was really really good so um funny uninitiated so the five bloods it goes over four but then in the flashbacks there's five of them uh four uh gi or just vets from the vietnam war they're heading back into vietnam to look for buried gold that they hid back in the war times and then um, look for the remains of their good friend that stayed there. The fifth blood. Yeah, the fifth blood. So uh, it's, it, it's a damn good. <laughs> it's, it's very nice. Uh, there's not that many stories like that. I know um, what We Three Kings is kind of the same situation where they're going in to like steal some shit in war-torn areas uh what the monuments men but they're like saving artifacts mm -hmm. but it's kind of the same situation um i've always thought that'd be a really cool idea like oh shit we found all this money we should like report it or we don't <laughs> and then we just dig a hole we'll come back for this later so um it's a really cool idea this story, it's um, it was directed by Spike Lee. So if you know anything about Spike Lee, he is all about um, what is it? Not really discussing. Well, actually, yeah, he discusses race and just different modern problems in the world. Not even modern, like you know, this was what sixties, seventies, seventies, yeah, sixties and seventies. Continuing legacy, yeah. So he just deals with issues. All of his movies have something about it. Uh, she's got to have it. Crooklyn. Um, oh, damn it. I missed one. Do the right thing. Oh, that's a good one. Um, amazing amount of films. Hey, we went over one of his films, Tales from the Hood. Hey, you remember that? Remember all the metaphors and <laughs> police brutality and all those scary images he brought up? Yeah, he loves doing that. Um, he understands that history is scary and real, but you got to remember it. And he's all about showing real images of things. Uh, he, I think in all of his movies, there's always a moment, some picture, some moving like video of something's happening. Uh, he loves to bring up historical, just black people and just things that they do and why they're awesome. So, um, in Kirkland, it was just net, uh, New York Knicks footage, I think. Yeah. But uh, no, this film's absolutely amazing. Uh, it was really cool to, to hear that it wasn't an original idea by Spike Lee. He did write this movie, but the idea came from um, another group and Spike Lee caught on to it 
And he thought it was actually a really cool idea. It was originally going to be for white soldiers going back into Vietnam. He's like, nah, let's just let's just change that a little bit. But still uh, an amazing uh, idea. And he teamed up with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Wilmont. Uh, he helped him with Black Klansmen, Black Klansmen, all the extra Ks in there. Uh, and they worked on this. It was really, really good. So, oh, I was about to say the budget out loud. <laughs> uh, this is a Netflix film and they worked on it. And unfortunately it came out June 12th, 2020 so this was all up in the COVID times and they were going to show it off at different um, film festivals and things like that because this type of film could easily get on a bid and get an award somewhere Um, but all the COVID things and all that stuff kind of slowed it down it did get nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Score and then Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. And uh, the National Board of Review said it was the best film of 2020. So uh, the soundtrack, which I'm trying to think of all the music, it was all Marvin Gaye. I think two songs weren't Marvin Gaye. It was just like typical like war music. I can't remember one of them. It was uh, your typical Vietnam soundtrack. Yes. Pretty much. But one then I forget that Marvin Gaye was very, very much not for the war. <laughs> and uh, his music set those things. And he was talked. Was anybody really for the war? No, that not... wasn't a politician? Like, no, nah, not Vietnam. That was. <laughs> like, nobody was for that war. I'm really not the best at history, but I remember um, I had history teachers tell me about Vietnam and the Vietnam War. And how it was just no one wanted to do it. And soldiers were going AWOL and killing their officers. Uh, called fragging. That's where, so in video games, you know, they're like, oh, I got a frag. It came from the Vietnam War. They used to pull pins on grenades on people's, like, outfits and then scoot off real quick so they would die. And then they'd get the hell out of there, you know. Um, Vietnam War, uh, very not fun times. So, but uh no, uh, this film's great. So, Katie, what'd you think about The Five Bloods? It was really good. The only gripe I have with it is the very beginning, like, intro, when they were talking about um, all the different cultural events that were happening in the 60s and um, throughout history and showing, like, they were showing these really quick pictures of like events or and videos of people and they would have like their names and the dates and the times i wish that those would have stayed on the screen a little bit longer because like i don't read as fucking fast as those things went by so i'll have to go back and rewatch it and like pause it on everyone to really like understand the picture and all the writing and stuff on it but i loved this film it was really really good uh daniel what do you think Sorry, I was I was chewing and pondering. Um, Katie, I think they might have done that. I think they may have did that on purpose, though, because some of those images were pretty graphic. Yeah, they had to kind um, of scoop past. Yeah, they had the the burning monk, which is a, a very iconic photo. Yeah. Um, same with that. Uh, the shooting of that general right in oh. the head. I didn't see the after. Part oh no, ever. it was bad. So it was just seeing the blood. Spread yeah. out his head. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was rough. Um, but anyway, 
Um, no, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, again, I I didn't know anything about about it going into this, but no, it was very enjoyable. Um, I think they captured um, very well the uh, the trauma that these guys went through after the war. Oh yeah, like yeah. the way the way everybody handled it differently. You know, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of veterans. I mean, even still, I, I don't I don't speak as a veteran. I'm not a veteran, but I think a lot of them like to handle it. Either they go to their to the meetings to deal with it or they think they're strong enough to handle it on their own. And it ends up in in either tragedy or or, you know, it ends up in tragedy. Um, but I think they did a good job capturing that. Uh, Greg. Um. This is my second time watching it. I first watched it when it came out early 2020, correct? Just prior to COVID? Yeah. When June. After COVID. After COVID. COVID, COVID had just COVID had just spiked the first time, I believe. Okay. Um just as good the second time as the first time. I think it's quickly jumped up into probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I know that it kind of comes off as recency bias, but I truly feel that just by the performances, by the original story, by the by just how in certain instances in certain periods throughout the film, it, it's it can it really it can really tug at your heartstrings emotionally. I feel yeah. In the, if you're in that type of mindset when you're watching it, um, I have nothing to say but good things about this. And I, re- I recall in 2020 when this came out, this felt like a time period, and it continues to be so going into 2021, where there just seems to be a whole this 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 great run of original black films that are coming out of late that are been very well executed and very intriguing and original thoughts and original plots or if rather, and if they're not original, they're based, they're, they're original plots, but based on characters or individuals that actually existed, but still presented in its original way, because it's somewhat loosely based on a plot, a story or, or, or individuals, historical yeah. figures. Um, I feel like, this came out around the same time as I don't want to get the title wrong. One night in Miami, I believe. I believe those both came out in 2020, and that one was Regina King's film about uh, let's see, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali. Oh shit! All hanging out in a hotel in Miami, following Muhammad Ali's uh, winning the title. I believe those both came out around the same time in 2020. And then you fast forward here to now in 2021, we've been talking about harder they fall. And I just feel like since the first half of 2020, we've had a really good run of, of some very great black films that have such a unique approach to them. So it's been, it's been a great run to see all of these things come together as of late. So I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. And five bloods is something that I will, continually go to for the rest of my life 
Yeah. So I didn't even bring up the cast of this film. Uh, it is full of young and older folks that have been out in this like acting world for a long time. Delroy Lindo. So if you know me, you know, I think I've said this joke before. Uh, I used to tell my little sister that that was her real dad. And then uh, he abandoned her. So anytime I see Delroy Lindo, I'm like, hey, look at Jasmine's dad. Doing good for himself. Uh, an amazing actor. And in this film, he fucking went for it. I don't know who bet him 20 bucks that he couldn't like act his ass off the whole time. But that motherfucker got that 20 bucks. Uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Hey, me and Greg went to the same school with that guy for a little bit. Uh, an amazing young actor. He's not young, but he's younger Young-ish. than younger than Delroy Lindo. But an amazing, amazing actor. Dude's making that Marvel money now. He's going to be a... King the Conqueror. Yeah, a villain. Hopefully he don't die in one movie. But the fun thing about King is you kill one and there's like 17 more variants. So uh, he'll pop up. I I assume he's going to die a couple times and be like, I didn't die. So um, Clark Peters. uh, I remember him from, what was it, The Wire? Yes, he was in The Wire. Uh, Damn, cat. That's what you get. That's why you fell. Uh, Isaiah Whitlock. He was also in The Wire. A lot of people from The Wire and collaborators with Spike Lee. Uh, He loves pulling people that has that he's dealt with before like Delroy Lindo he was the dad in Crooklyn and I want to say he's probably in a couple other Spike Lee films uh he picked up a couple people from Black Klansman that film but this movie absolutely amazing and then my boy Jean Reno if you guys know me fucking the professional one of my favorite movies of all time you can see Jean Reno out here being French and evil it's fun and I love it um he looked great he always had those like droopy like eye like under his eyes like the the lids are always droopy and stuff so he looks absolutely amazing so um but no this film is full of really cool people but well not really but this film is one of the last movies that Chadwick Boseman was working on uh he did another one Ma Rainey's Black Bottom mm-hmm. uh, another Netflix film uh, I think they say technically this is the last one released. So the Five Bloods, this is the last time we see Chadwick Boseman physically doing stuff. Uh, I know he did a couple of voiceovers for What If. What that, If was his last project. Yeah, the last, last thing. I want to say, didn't they say they have one more episode where he's, he did any type of voice acting or they used it no, all? No, just season one, I think. Okay, well, he popped up like three times, so... Um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's an amazing actor, and it's a shame we didn't get enough time with him, but if you think about his movie list, he did a fuck ton of movies in yeah. a small amount of time. It was actually ridiculous. Yeah, He got a lot of hits done really quick, man. And if you think about what he had on his mind, he probably realized that he probably didn't have all the time in the world, yeah. and so he was just cracking movies out. He was famous for, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years and in that time portrayed james brown jackie robinson the black panther like yeah. <laughs> dude did a lot of shit yeah he he went for it and like i said it makes sense when you know you have cancer and you only got so much time just maybe uh you kind of just do everything you can so uh we got good chadwick boseman uh it was really fun to see him so uh it's a shame it's a shame we can't get more can't see him in the panther suit again so that's always sad but like i said uh it's a thumbs up from everybody i want to say movie's great watch it so we'll get through this story pretty quick 
Uh, even though it's two and a half hours, explain wise, it's really not that dense. It just seems, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. It's like, if I was trying to explain, I don't know, it to somebody, the book is like, what? 2,000, 3,000 pages. Some shit like that. But yeah. I could get through it in like 10 minutes if I really had to. But there's a lot of things that will get glossed over because it's a Spike Lee film and there's metaphors and things everywhere. Well, and a big part of this book or of this movie is the interpersonal relationships between the five guys. Like, there's not a lot that we can say when we're describing the movie that will accurately represent their relationships and everything yeah so so like go I said, watch the movie yeah <laughs> like i said we'll, we'll get through this but uh yeah please watch this so uh we are in ho chi Minh city and we meet up with paul otis eddie and melvin hey those names sound familiar otis yeah it's the name of the temptations mm-hmm. so <laughs> uh spike lee uh i don't know if that's like his favorite band or anything like that but uh yeah, so the group was actually going to be a little different. Uh, uh, young Carlo uh, Esposito. Uh, uh, what's his name? Giancarlo. Yeah, John Carlo. I said Young Carlo. Uh, Washington. Denzel Washington. Denzel. And oh, some other really cool old black guy. They had a pretty good list, but the guys were busy. And so, I mean, it's fine. These, they were really good. So, but uh, they meet up in Ho Chi Minh City. So they get info that a recent landslide uncovered the tale of a crash plane and so they do a quick little cool flashback into the vietnam war they are part of a army regiment infantry division and uh called the bloods and they capture the cia airplane and they find a locker full of gold bars and so it was intended as payment for the uh the people of that land uh, to help in fighting the Viet Cong, but the Bloods decide that eh, we'll, we'll take this money for ourselves and we can use it to help our people back home because, and just like a lot of things in this movie, um, Black people weren't treated that good back then. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's better, but there's still moments right now where shit's kind of rough. But uh, uh, the consensus, I, I would say consensus, of African-American people where why do I have to go to this other country and die for you guys? But when I come back, you're just going to call me a piece of shit and, and you know, spray a hose on me. So that happens a lot. That's why Cassius Clay changed his name because <laughs> he was going to get drafted. He's like, fuck this noise. Like the Viet Cong never called me the N-word. Why the fuck should I go over there? So you know, Muhammad Ali, there's a lot of issues out there and stuff like that. So the Bloods, they decide, let's just take this gold, hide it, and then we'll come back later and just take this shit home. And then we can help the people back in our old neighborhoods and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, that sounds like a really cool idea. So, um, oh, I'll talk about more of that flashback. So um, we go back to present day. And the guys are back together and they're all happy, hugging and stuff. And, you know, it's old guys. It's it, Anytime in a movie where the people, um, it just feels real genuine that they're friends. And they, the way they talk to each other, uh, they're not nice to each other, but they've known each other long enough that they can just do that. Like me and Steve, Steve say something. I'm like, shut up. And they're like, well, uh, and we get loud and stuff. It's like, just 
we've known each other long enough. I can say things a certain way to them and stuff like that. So I really did appreciate that they actually sounded like friends in this movie because a lot of films they're like, hello, best friend. Like, hello, best friend. And I hug. I'm like, Ugh. but so uh, in this situation, uh, they realize that they need someone to help them smuggle out the gold because uh, you know what? You're not going to take on a plane in like 2020 fucking bars of gold. That's no one's going to let you just walk on a plane with gold in your pockets. <laughs> uh, they'll be like, where the fuck did you get this? So uh, Otis, eh, uh, he reunites with an old uh, Vietnamese girlfriend, Tien, and she has a friend, a French businessman, uh, Deroche. De- La Roche. Roche. Deroche. I'm calling him Deroche, <laughs> like Paul did, um, that can help them smuggle out the gold. And so he just wants a cut. And uh, a couple of, of the Bloods don't really care. Paul, as you'll learn later in this movie, he is the just grumpy voice of not even reason. Just He's just in the back, pissed off about everything. Uh, he does not like being in Ho Chi Minh City. Anytime someone of that country tries to talk to him, he's like, ah, I don't talk to him, talk to him. Uh, he's just, he has a lot of issues and uh, he's got himself a little MAGA hat. So, uh, it's 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 weird to see that um but it's interesting that the whole group aren't all on the same consensus political wise and that he would be uh what conservative Mm -hmm. yeah be a conservative um yeah it was very interesting so uh while they're getting all the things ready paul realizes his son david has followed him to ho chi minh city and he's going to help them out and uh they have a very strained relationship. Uh, multiple times, Paul tells David, uh, I don't give a shit about you. And it's, it's terrible stuff for a dad to say <laughs> to his kid. Uh, David, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, you can tell he's heard this a lot because he doesn't like break down from hearing these words from his dad. Uh, it just kind of just puts it in his little chest. And he's like, I'll deal with that later. Uh, so he knows his dad's a piece of shit so he's been dealing with that for a long time which is kind of sad so their tour guide Vin he leads them uh, out to the countryside and uh, Paul he actually uh, has a situation on a boat where his PTSD pops up and you know all the bloods tell him like man we all got PTSD don't act like you're special or anything and uh, like I said Paul has a lot of issues and later on we we'll delve deep into that and why those issues probably makes a lot of sense of why he, why he acts the way he does uh at a hotel david meets hetty like hetty lamar eh. um she's the founder of lamb an organization that they clear out landmines so that's that's their specialty and uh david's getting in there uh he's talking to her and flirting and stuff and i was like dang but john maybe he's a cutie pie so i i fully understand why any lady be like hey you're kind of cute Ha <laughs> um, ha The next day, uh, Vin, their tour guide, he drops him off and he tells him he'll be back in a few days, uh, maybe early, maybe late, but I will pick you up. So don't worry about that. So the guys, they scoot off uh, and they do some walking. They're older guys, but they've been in the military. So they, they're moderately in shape. Uh, one of them's got a little belly on them, but that's absolutely fine. Paul. The first night, Paul finds a pistol on Otis. So his girlfriend, Tien, 
smuggled him a pistol just in case because she was saying shit might get a little real. So here's a weapon just in case. And the second Paul sees the pistol, he is instantly thinking that Otis is going to betray them. He's going to take all the gold and all these things, which is kind of ridiculous to me. It's like, you guys have been friends for forever. Why do you, th- I don't know. Like I said, he's got issues. And then he instantly thinks that Otis's girlfriend is in on it or the French bad guy. Well, he's a bad guy. You can instantly tell that <laughs> DeRoche was a bad guy. But he's like, oh, you guys are all in cahoots. You're going to kill us and take the gold. He's like, no, bro, just I just got a gun. Like, you're fine, man. So the the blood's actually David. Uh, when he goes off to take a dump, he actually finds one of the bars of gold. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? And so um, they use uh, Marvin. He has a metal detector. And he finds that the container that the gold was in has eroded over time. And the gold bars have spilled out into the world. And they've, you know, mud and dirt and air has covered them back up. And so they proceed to dig up all of the gold and they find it all. And it's absolutely amazing. They're happy and they're dancing and stuff. And it's a fuck ton of gold. It's absolutely, absolutely absurd. Uh, Realizing that they found the gold, that means they're close to Norman's remains. And so we do some flashbacks at this point about old Storm and Norman. And that was their leader of the group. And it's Chadwick Boseman. And he was the one that educated everybody on black history and, and just how they should act and conduct themselves and the night that martin luther king jr got assassinated the bloods they were ready to just start killing white people (laughs) yeah that's yeah to the point uh and norman actually calmed them down because uh, that's not the way to do this you know you know that white officer over there didn't do it you know someone else did it so he talks them down and they shoot their guns in the air and they scream and cry but um, Norman, good dude. So they find his remains and they they pray over it and cry. And so they dig it up. So um, they got what they got. They got what they need. Uh, they got the gold. They got Norman's remains. Now let's get the fuck out of here. Um, the front runner, uh, the person that paid for the whole trip, Eddie, uh, everyone thinks that he's rich. And so Eddie reminds everybody like, hey, Norman would want us to help the community with this money. And Paul's like, fuck that. I'm rich when I go home. And everybody else is like, yeah, I kind of want to spend this money. <laughs> like, I'm older. I'm, I'm cool. I'm just going to spend this money and get me like a fucking Ferrari. But Eddie is saying like, no, we should help the community like Norman would want. And everyone's like, well, you're rich. So you don't understand how it is to be poor. And Eddie tells him that he's broke as fuck. They're like, well, you paid for everything to get us here. And he's like, yeah, on a black card that's overdrawn. They're like, oh, shit. So um just the realness hits so eddie is trying to keep the group together because at this point paul is still thinking that otis is going to betray him and actually thinks everybody's in on some like giant plan to just screw him over and his son he's actually yelling at his son saying that he's not like his fucking son anymore and all this yelling and eddie tells him that they need to stick together because norman would want that and he starts yelling he backs up And he steps on a landmine and instantly the bottom half of his body disappears. So Eddie bleeds out and he actually dies. Uh, David freaking out, takes a little too many steps out into the trees. He steps on a landmine, but he doesn't lift his foot up. So um, they come up with a plan (laughs) to 
tie a rope to him. And this is just when Hetty and her two friends, so the people that are good at doing the whole landmine situation, uh, they help. So they tie a rope around David's body and they yank the ever-living fuck out of him. And it's just enough room that the landmine doesn't just maim him and everyone's happy and stuff. Paul realizing, oh, there's two people that saw a man explode and they see that we have gold on us pulls out the pistola that he took from Otis and he's like yeah now y'all hostages and he's like oh shit uh Paul instantly puts himself in charge of the whole group <laughs> and he's like nah 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 I'm I'm in charge you know I'm that motherfucker as he says walking around in the dark <laughs> um so later on uh Paul he has the hostages standing just next to a tree all night and one of the girls uh she has to pee hetty has to pee and so david unloosens her things and in the ensuing madness from people not being next to the other hostages they actually get the gun away from paul so uh david and the crew they forcibly take the gun from paul and paul at this point 100 knows that there's some plan against him because all his buddies just knocked him the fuck out and took the gun from him. And so he's super duper pissed. He talks to David and is like, no, nah, man, you're not my fucking son. It says all these things. So terrible words from him. So um, they, yeah, they keep going. So they meet up with Vin. Uh, they've been walking for a while. And uh, Vin's like, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. Oh, no, they've been followed the whole time. So a group of gunmen roll up and they grabbed one of the hostages, uh, Seppo. And so they're like, hey, we'll trade the gold for this dude. And Paul's like, I give no shit about that kid. And the rest of the crew is like, no, we kind of we want him alive. So maybe we could share the gold. There's enough gold here for everybody. And the gunmen are like, yeah, OK, well, we can share. Here's one bar for you and 82 bars for me <laughs> and and then uh all hell breaks loose so david gets shot in the leg uh seppo steps on a landmine so the hostage they had exploded and the guys they're actually really good at what they do it's really cool uh they're fighting against young dudes and uh paul stabs a guy like 17 times in the chest takes his gun and otis like blows the guy away and marvin he's lighting up a guy with a gun so they they kill all the gunmen except one. One gets away. And so Paul 100% knows now that everything's gone to shit. And so he says, hey, we should track into the woods, go to another village and get the fuck out of here, find a boat, scoot up and then keep going. And they're telling him like, that's 20 miles away. That's that's stupid. We have all this gold on us. We need to sit somewhere and defend ourselves. Then we get rid of those guys and then we can get the hell out of here. Uh, at this point, Paul, uh, he just takes his share of the gold and he says he's done with everybody here and he heads out to the jungle alone. He's going to make his way out the way he wants. So the remaining bloods, uh, they offer Vin, Hetty and Simon, the other guy that didn't get exploded, uh, share the gold so they can get the hell out of here. And like, if you live, you get gold. And they're like, right on. So at this point, Paul has been walking for a little bit. Uh, he gets bit by a snake. I was like, Jesus. Uh, he, I assume that some of the venom was still in his body because at this point in the movie, he has a lot of crazy like monologues. 
he's looking directly at the camera talking, but it seems like it's really weird, but he has a lot of talks and Norman actually pops up a vision of Norman and he tells Paul that we need to talk about something. And he opens up his shirt and you see a gun wound uh, on, in the, on the stomach of Norman. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about this. So they do another flashback. So after they found the gold, some more uh, Viet Cong soldiers tried to jump them. And so the bloods are doing what they do best. One soldier snuck up on Paul and Norman and Paul turns does a 180 and sprays his gun killing the soldier but unfortunately shooting norman in the gut um it's i don't know the perfect shot because norman dies almost instantly in paul's arms so earlier in the movie they talk about that moment and paul tells everybody that a a Viet Cong soldier killed him like he died in my arms like you know he's gone he got shot and so we realized that this was the weight that was on paul's chest this whole movie that he killed one of his good friends and so that guilt has been with him for forever uh norman visits him every night and talks to him and that was just the biggest issue so norman and paul they actually hug and he and norman tells him let go of the guilt man he's like i don't i don't hate you for doing what you did like it was a mistake and paul cries he actually seems to let it go uh, later on he seems a lot happier with things but unfortunately he gets grabbed by uh Daroche's men and they actually have him dig a hole uh and if you've seen enough movies or shows like it's always sunny when they go to jersey and dennis and d have to dig holes because they're digging their own graves that's what uh paul's doing and he starts singing And they just blow him away. They shoot him a good 60 times in the chest with their guns. Um, So one of the bad guys grabs Paul's uh, Make America Great Again hat and he puts it on. And I was like, that's some symbolism somewhere. (laughs) And then later on, DeRoche has the hat on. I'm like, that's symbolism. (laughs) So uh, DeRoche meets up with the Bloods at the temple where they are held up. And he tells them, like, I, I want my gold, you know? <laughs> like, we did this whole situation. I got guys with guns. You're going to give me that gold. And Otis comes out, and he's like, okay, it's in the bag, man. Just calm down. You're good. They open up the bag. It's full of rocks. Ha! Got you, fucker. And then Otis and the group, they start blasting. And they actually do a really good job. Um, Otis takes a shot, and he goes down. Daroche uh, actually throws a grenade at Otis to kill him because he doesn't want to go all the way over there and kill him personally. And Melvin, my boy Melvin, earlier in the movie, he said, I like y'all, I love y'all, but I ain't jumping on a great grenade for none of you sons of bitches. He's like, fuck y'all. But he does it. He actually takes one for the team and gets on the grenade so it doesn't kill everybody. So DeRoche is about to kill Otis and Otis is laying on the ground with a shot in his shoulder. And then, hooray, David shoots and kills him. Pops him right in the eye with the gun. And then everyone's just on the ground bleeding and or dead. And (laughs) um, Otis just says madness, madness. And they've been through some shit. Mm -hmm. So Vin helps the surviving bloods pass out the gold. So Melvin's widow, she gets his share. And it was like, what, $2 million? Yeah. 
And Eddie, he goes to a Black Lives Matter organization and drops off a big chunk of money. Like, I think he dropped $2 million off there. Uh, Hetty and Simon, they donate their shares to Lamb in Seppo's name. And so they're like, hey, now we got money. We can, like, hopefully get all the landmines that are in the city, you know, in the country, which that's good. Uh, Norman's remains, they're brought home and his family, his sisters. They're there and they're crying. They have pictures of Chadwick looking all dapper in his uniform. And then David, he reads a letter from Paul. So earlier in the movie, Paul passed off a letter to David's godfather, which is Otis. And Otis passes him the letter. And it tells him that, you know, I have not been a good dad. I know that. And there was some guilt and anger because the mom passed away in childbirth, right? Mm -hmm. So he was holding that over David's head, which wasn't really that fair. And the whole Norman situation, that didn't help anything either. But he tells him that he will always love him. And I was like, oh, he's a piece of shit, but he's trying, you know. Uh, Otis, he visits his old uh, girlfriend and he bonds with his daughter. So earlier uh, in the movie, that he just learned he has. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, when Otis visits Tien, uh, a, a mixed girl comes into the room and she's like, hey, mom, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they talk and she leaves. And Otis puts two and two together. Like, I guess that would have been me if I had a girlfriend in another country and I come back and she has like, you know, a fucking daughter that's like 17. I'm like, but like, but that I, oh shit that's my daughter <laughs> she was like yep he's like oh shit um but no it, it's a good movie very good movie i enjoyed it so greg i'm gonna go with greg first uh who's your favorite character in the movie greg okay i'm going to uh break this down into two parts in terms of favorite character strictly in reference to the plot itself it's storm and norman he is clearly the glue that held this group together. Yeah. Yep. He strives to make them more aware of the issues in the history that surround black culture and the politics that have brought them to war. So he 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 does his best to make them not just soldiers, but very cognizant, aware black men of all the elements that have brought them there and and tries to do so in a fashion that makes them more sensible in the way they approach those things. And they clearly revered him in a way that they revered no other person in their lives. Yeah. And that's, I gravitated towards, I gravitate towards that type of person that's so clearly revered in the eyes of anybody they come in contact with. And he clearly was, I mean, they, they traveled back to Vietnam for, yes, for the gold, but also for him, not only for his remains, but also the fact that it was his idea to begin with. And he was clearly always in their hearts and minds throughout the rest of their lives, especially Delroy Lindo's character. Speaking of which, my second part, there's a favorite character as far as plot, but my 
far and above favorite performance is Delroy Lindo. Yeah. Yeah. He, his character is clearly unhinged from the beginning as a result of the war, as he cannot even speak to locals when he's in Ho Chi Minh City. But then he does such a brilliant job of of portraying the 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 downward spiral that he this character experiences as the film progresses and even as he's on this downward spiral losing his mind clearly and increasing paranoia and increasing irrationalness he still has his moments of lucidness and clarity where he's trying to be or at least demonstrating that he is at least somewhat of a loving and caring father. Uh, The emotions that he felt when he, it was his idea, the idea that he came up with to pull his son off of that grenade and the, 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 the screaming and emotion he let out when he pulled him into his arms with the rope and saved him from, from that explosion. Um, Initially, Obviously, he didn't want him there or didn't like how he came on the trip, but he ends up advocating for his son to get a full share. Um, he even showed clear concern for his son when his son got shot, only to literally about two minutes later say, when he comes up with his idea for how we're going to get out of here and jacking a boat and crossing a river at night, they say, well, your son can't make it that far. That's 20 miles. So he can't make it far on that leg. And he says... He's not my problem anymore. (laughs) And it just, the downward spiral just gets, the performance gets even better and better and better up until the point where his character, his life is ended with the entire monologue that he, he says facing the camera and looking dead into the camera, which is something you do not see very often in films or television. No. And I especially loved above, above all else the his vision of Norman and Norman telling him, hey, it was an accident. I forgive you. It's okay. And the emotions and the crying that Dory Leno's character is absolutely dumped as he's holding this vision of Norman which he clearly held on for his the rest of his life after being after getting out of Vietnam, and I thought that was the most powerful moment of of the entire film. A close second being when the son reveals that he feels like he should have been the one that died and not his mother. Those are both very very powerful moments in the film, and really got to me. Um, I. One of the best performances I've ever seen. Dory Leno just is just on a constant ascent in his performances, even this late into his career. It's it's crazy to me. Like the first I, I, the first time I recall seeing Dory Lindo was Crooklyn. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the first Spike Lee film I saw. That's the first time I saw Dory Lindo. So to go from watching him in that as a bum musician father when I'm about I don't know. I can't remember about five years old, six years old, maybe eight. Yeah, I watched it young. 
at a very young age to now. Oh man, what a performance! I can't say enough about it. Deep out. Um, hell of a hell of a thing to try to follow up there, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Sorry, I really like this film, and I thought a lot. No, of- no, it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, just strictly based out of uh, favorite characters, I'm at to go with Melvin. Um, just because during this whole this whole trip they're on, this whole journey, um, besides just kind of being like the the silly guy in the group, he also helped kind of keep them together. As as the older gentleman, like as the older cats, you know, not kind of kind of he was the he was the calming voice, kind of like uh, the way uh, Norman was in in the flashbacks. You know, he was kind of the voice of reason, kind of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't, or hey, just get him and, and chill the fuck out, or hey, you're not gonna shoot Otis in the back because he there's a a very good reason he has this gun in the jungle. Um. But yeah, and and also, I mean, he jumped on a grenade. Like he he took it to word when he said he would die for those guys. Um, and he was a beast with the with the little uh, little chopper he had there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with uh, Melvin uh, Otis. So this is this is tough. And uh, earlier today, I texted Greg. Well, I texted the group, and I was like, "Greg, I am very curious to see who your favorite character is," because I didn't add the second half of my sentence because I said because I think we're on the same fucking path with how we feel about it. So, like I always say, if you know me, if a villain is a damn good actor and they doing their job right one of my favorite characters and paul he isn't the villain of this story he's like he's he's an antagonist but he has his issues and, and things like that i had the best time watching him fall apart and then get built back up only for a few minutes just to to die it was a ridiculous journey to watch Dory lindo play this guy that obviously has crazy amounts of PTSD, super guilt in his heart, uh, knows he's a shitty, shitty dad. And he's trying to like deal with that. And then he's a loner, it seems like at heart, honestly. So he's dealing with so much. So uh, yeah, b- big ups to Paul. But if I'm trying to be a little different, um, no, I'm not gonna be that much different. Norman was fun too. <laughs> but I think that's a little biased because I, I love when Chadwick Boseman's just like, a really calm character like madness is happening he just like smiles and looks he's like what you doing i'm like shut up <laughs> and he, he he seems so calming and just like greg said in that group of loud people just like all my friends we can be very loud uh we don't fight that hard because if, if we were fighting that hard i don't think i'd be friends with y'all if like i walk up to greg I'm like fuck you greg like fuck you he hits me in the head with a bottle and we just scrapping i'm like this is this is toxic um, but there were moments that they seemed pretty toxic to each other, but it was just words. Uh, there was one point they were, there, they were about to fight and they're like, quit that shit, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, they respect each other to that point. And they had those moments where they would say blood and put their fists in the middle. And, you know, that's just, that stopped everything. 
Um, but no, uh, Norman was great. So, Katie. Um, Norman was great, but I don't know. This movie just made me really sad because yeah. <laughs> we only got like 10 minutes of Chadwick Boseman in a two and a half hour movie. And those 10 minutes, he was the best character in the whole film. Yeah. In in 10 minutes, he was able to convey so much just awesomeness, I guess, that it just made me sad. So to not pick Chadwick Boseman, because it's the obvious yeah. <laughs> best character who brought the whole group together and calmed them all down. I'm gonna say David. Um kind I feel like David kind of became or filled in Norman's shoes um not on purpose I don't feel like he was trying to intentionally when he decided to go on this trip he was trying to look out for his dad but being around the old folks really kind of propelled him into this position of having to kind of keep tempers down like to de-escalate these situations between these old dudes who haven't seen each other in 40 years and like you know he was really trying to do as much as he could to help with the mission um even though it really had nothing to do with him no uh and there were several points where he offered like i can carry another 20 or 30 pounds of gold like y'all are hurting i i can do it <laughs> it's cool like use my 30 year old body it'll be all right and you know all the stubborn ass old folks were like no no like this has nothing to do with you we'll be fine and it was just like but you're so good david like you're (laughs) such a good dude so i'm gonna choose david yeah like i was saying earlier david uh you can tell when someone deals with someone a shitty person a lot because just the way he just like sat there and just listen to his dad just be terrible to him and he just like when he's sitting in the group and they're trying to decide if he's going to come with them and he's just sitting there just looking up at him and he's like he's like i'm so pissed my kids here and blah 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 and fuck this, holding the fuck orange that. juice just sitting there holding the orange juice yep <laughs> yeah just he, he, ah man what a good character he's he's dealt with shit even yeah. to that point before they got into the jungle he's dealt with so much shit that he's just like man come on i'm coming i don't know why you're doing all this yelling the zoom felt very Spike Lee-ish too. I don't, I can't I can't compare I can't off the top of my head think of another scene that's similar to that, but it felt very Spike Lee-ish to have that camera that close to his character's face while he's holding that orange juice and just listening to them. I I swear I think there's a spot and do the right thing like that. Um just yeah, that angle was real special. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, it, that this is a Spike Lee movie because Every director has something that they always do. Um, Spike Lee, like I said, he's all about the stories and videos and pictures and stuff. But I could that angle, I could tell that that was very Spike Lee. So he, did, he didn't do the whole floating thing this time, though. Yeah, I was surprised. I was waiting on somebody to just just go off their feet, <laughs> go somewhere <laughs> in a contemplative state. Right. I mean, Look. if you if you think about it, David left his feet. Damn. He yanked off the mine. Damn. I mean, Eddie, Eddie sure did go off his feet. I was like, for seriously, like, as soon as they started walking in the jungle and 
was it David had to go take a shit? Yeah, he found I was gold. like, he's gonna step on a fucking mine. And every moment from then until the moment when Eddie exploded, I was like, just anxious. Like someone's gonna fucking step on a mine. <laughs> like, oh shit, Keddie. I-, I knew the minute that uh old boy went and started talking to to Hetty. Yeah, the yeah, pretty much the minute they started talking about mines, I was like, someone's gonna fucking step on a mine and yeah. it's gonna be horrible. Yeah, and you know what? The that. anticipation actually got to me. I was like, these motherfuckers are gonna step on a mine and it's gonna be awful. Yeah. So they found that like gold that had happened in the landslide and they started walking when they're in that clearing, like right before Eddie actually steps on it, and there's that like confrontation that they're all having, and they're all kind of just moving around weirdly in that little circle. I was like this is the moment someone's gonna fucking step on a mine i need y'all to just stop moving because <laughs> no, I, I can't i, I knew so i knew it when eddie was walking back i was like why is he walking back he's gonna step on a fucking mine in me yep yeah yep i was so anxious it was a lot yeah okay so greg who was your least favorite character oh boy um huh you know, I'm not even sure I considered it, but um, oh yeah, I did Seppo. Ah, screw Seppo. <laughs> like, that guy was a dick. He was I a major dick. For all of five seconds, you know, you all oh, you Americans in your reality TV and blah 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 blah. blah. You um, voted for reality TV star. I think you guys know. You guys know I watch plenty of reality TV, so I think <laughs> that's what that's what I took that to heart. Like if someone told me that, I know for a fact that there is plenty of. I don't know about France specifically, but I know in Britain, so probably in all of Europe, there are plenty of reality shows that are just as trashy. Oh, definitely. Don't me with that insult, Greg will, Greg will piece someone someone up if they tell him that. Oh my god, oh, <laughs> Greg Sweeney. Don't put that on. Don't put all of my country on me. I mean, come on. If you're so dang educated about my country, then you should know that as a black man, some of that stuff, you know, I feel exactly the same way as you do. So, so I I appreciated uh, David absolving himself, standing up and absolving himself of so many of the things that go on in this country. Because, I mean, hey, come on. You can't. Don't put a blanket assumption on all people from one country. Get out of here, Seppo. I just met you. He was hating. He was hating, felt threatened by David's beautiful black physique and the fact that Hetty was feeling him on instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had good reason to be threatened. <laughs> yes. I guess yes, they were already fuck buddies. Like, get over yourself. All right. Yeah. You've already had a taste. I mean, come yeah. on. It's not like, I mean, See, wasn't David's fault you caught feelings. That's that's why friends with benefits never works, clearly. Yeah. Let, let that moment right there be a lesson that the friends Good with idea. benefits just don't work. Someone always got to get jealous. Mm-hmm. So I gave like I gave no care for Seppo whatsoever in this film. And then when he was gone, to me, he was just gone. Like, oh well, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I carried on without a care. Other people I was like, oh no, it hurt. I felt like a personal attachment. I had no personal attachment to Seppo whatsoever. I felt the same about Simon. No personal attachment to that guy. He had like two lines. I was like, what's the point of you? <laughs> Need a thick boy in the movie. 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they were all pretty thick. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's next. Uh, Deep Al. Uh, I'm going to go with the war in Vietnam, man. You fucking right. Dude, I mean, uh, having known what the war was, like, having, like, I, I like studying it. I like, I like knowing what happened. I like the battle strategies and all that. Vietnam was fucking brutal. Okay. The, the, the tact, the jungle tactic, the guerrilla style tactics that the Viet Cong used was fucking brutal. You know, the whole punji stick thing and, yeah, the ambushes and the POW camps. Hearing horrible, horrible stories of POW camps. Um, it may and and just that the fact that America should not have been involved. Like, w- we should have just let it happen. Yeah, but you know, you think it's a slam dunk? Like, oh, we got this. Yeah, so so many so many people came back just fucked in the head. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Everyone came back. So thank you, Katie. Not just some people. Everyone. Yeah. Just from the stuff they saw, the 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 stuff that their commanding officers, American commanding soldiers, made them do. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. That war fucking sucks, man. And it it wasn't. It sucked for everyone. Not even people who were there. Like my dad served uh, at the like was in the air force during vietnam but never had to go to vietnam he was stationed in the united states uh like repair he was a mechanic for airplanes at the time like and was fixing things but knew a whole bunch of people who went over there and you know either didn't come back at all or came back hella fucked and that took a toll on him like fuck war man yeah so my my least favorite character in this is is the vietnam war so the setting yeah, you fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Katie. Um, the war is really the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say PTSD. Yeah. Um, which is awful, but PTSD wouldn't really exist if wars didn't. I mean, it would a little bit. I mean, it would still exist, but it'd be a lot less. And there wouldn't be there's 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 other situations where you can get PTSD. Yeah, people Just, get PTSDs from having or PTSD from having uh, miscarriages PTSD. and shit. Like it happens. Yeah. for all sorts of different reasons. No, but I get what you're saying. But the most typical the- kind of PTSD that we hear about talked a lot. The kind that gets shown in movies and TV shows that's affecting all these people where you know people just go off the hinges because of their ptsd is typically related to war and serving in the military because you know they people have lost friends they've lost body parts you know whatever any slight sound of a firework you know can set people off because of it and ptsd is just awful and it really goes along my PTSD being my least here really goes along the lines of the Vietnam War as a whole and war in general just being a shitty situation and there are no winners. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Otis. Uh I'm I'm on the Greg train. Me and Greg our our brains were just like locked in. Uh Seppo was poop. Uh 
I know he was jelly of that beautiful black man snatching up his girl, as you should be. Uh, and even then, he couldn't even physically threaten him because Jonathan Majors would have like lumped him up, something easy. Jonathan Majors had like a, a buck 20. Bro, Jonathan Majors is fucking, <laughs> fucking is thick. <laughs> he done, That's a big dude. <laughs> he just slumped his ass. One hit. <laughs> go, One yeah. hit. Just. Mm. <laughs> His French ass go limp. Uh. Sebo weighed like 120 pounds. Jonathan Majors like 250, all muscle. Like, <laughs> bro, you'd have popped him good in the mouth. Uh. But um, but you know, Sebo was crap. Um, but like in a movie like this, and though Paul was just the continuing piece of shit in the back, so yeah. you didn't need any other crappy people. It actually would have made more sense to have better people around Paul. I but mean, Seppo, sucked. yeah, but Seppo, well, he's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he don't have to be good. Um, but it was just weird. Seppo was there and he wasn't. I mean, obviously, he was being held hostage and he scooted off, but I didn't care. Just like Greg said, when he exploded, I was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> like he went up quick and that was it. I was, I was concerned. Seppo blew up right next Seppo, Seppo was bad in a spare way. Like you could, like, yeah, you forget he was a piece of shit yeah. very easily. Like, eh, I got, yeah. I got Seppo was a piece of shit. He was just there. Well, I, I felt, I felt like the all three of them, the bomb crew, like they just happened upon that spot. It was very awkward. Like their reintroduction, them meeting in Ho Chi Minh City at that bar. Like, okay, cool. But then them randomly just appearing in the jungle was weird. And yeah. there, were, it was like there wasn't enough exposition in that moment of meeting to be like, oh. Yeah, we like this is a worthwhile like partnership or whatever. It was just like, nope, they're there. Let's kill them. I, I assume <laughs> just like immediate, and there wasn't ever any talk that like yeah. brought them into the group or I, anything I, like that. I assume the first mine went off, and they were moderately close by because yeah. that place is probably full of landmines, and they were just taking care of it. And but yeah, it was eh, just fate. <laughs> yeah, fate drew them together. So uh, yeah. yeah. That was you said yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do seven word synopsis. So I actually had a couple because I enjoyed this movie. Some weird. Sometimes I'll enjoy a movie and I don't do any, and then sometimes I do all of them. So uh, my first one is Chadwick Boseman with the noob tube kill streak. Uh, at the beginning, Chadwick Boseman had a grenade launcher. <laughs> he, that motherfucker. <laughs> Lighting him up, bro. He's lighting the fuck he was up. noob tubing the shit out of him, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, one man army out there, baby. <laughs> I popped up when he uh, when I heard the thunk, I was like, Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking sound. Uh, uh, the next one is give me more of those Vietnam flashbacks. That was really good. I would absolutely love, like, I don't know, an hour long just give me a couple of their missions because I assume they did a ton of stuff together before Norman died. And probably after Norman died, they had to get out of fucking Vietnam. So I assume they did a couple of missions and uh, it seems like they were pretty successful because the motherfuckers were still alive. Uh, They were in a helicopter. All the white people died (laughs) when it crashed, but they seem to survive pretty good. So they seem capable. Yeah. So I'm very curious of what they did before. The problem is each one of those missions is another $10 million on the budget. Because war movies... That's where it goes. That's where all the money goes. Yeah. And they they can be expensive as fuck. Like ones that show a lot of combat are usually really fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. And aren't, and aren't wouldn't someone be classified maybe? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah, they probably did some wild shit. And they're like, well, can't talk about that anymore. But they could just make it up. Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, my third one is Delroy Lindo acted acted his ass off in this. Yes, he did. Uh, like I said, he someone in it. someone bet that he couldn't act his ass off in this movie, and he's like, oh, "I'll take that bet." <laughs> Look at me. It's and then my last one is Jean Reno with the MAGA hat on, diabolical. Uh, the second he put that bitch on, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Spike Lee out here with the metaphors. I was like, "Get it." Mm. Oh man. Uh, everybody put that hat on. All the bad people put the hat on. I loved it. Uh, uh, Katie. Um, some guilt will follow you to grave. Yeah. <laughs> and money exacerbates crazy. PTSD is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. That's the whole plot of this movie. Uh, Daniel. Uh, ripping that dude at Trump rally, savage. <laughs> that poor bastard. He. The guy with the blacks for Trump sign. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That was savage as fuck, dude. Um, my other one was since he's bought up, fuck Donald Trump. Yep. I still stand by it. Fuck you. Fuck yep. Fuck that guy. And my last one is boom headshot. You greedy French fuck. <laughs> They should have put that uh, in Call of Duty if you had shot somebody. It sounds like a can getting shot. They should have put that sound in there. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, right in the eyeball, dude. I, no, I need a, I need someone to make a gif of him getting shot and then the uh, fucking the GTA wasted popping up <laughs> over him. Dude, <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, I need the wasted to pop I'm up. I'm telling mine. you, man, that, that fucking headshot was on point. Yeah. Fucking David, I'm gonna miss by a mile. I've never shot a gun in my life. Snipes him right in the eye. Okay. <laughs> Collects an eyeball. Okay. okay Fucking bro. go off, Jonathan Majors. Damn. Snipe him. <laughs> oh shit. All right, Greg. Just one today. Uh the war never left us, black man. Yep, yep, yep. Or maybe <laughs> black man and my brother. Yeah. My brother. Yeah. Uh, I man, I'm glad. I'm glad I live in the time I live in because they were like, hey, Otis, you got drafted. Bullshit. <laughs> ain't see my black ass go over there. I can't even uh, eat a sandwich in my own town. I would take about this finger right here. I'm holding yeah. up my index finger, listeners. Yeah, nah, bro. Like, yeah, that, that's the wildest thing to tell somebody. Like, yeah, you, you gotta do this for your country. Nah. The I'm same good. country that I can't like. Like go to the same school with people, or right? That I got to, I got to drink thing. out of a different fountain. That yeah. I can't sit in the front of a diner. Yeah, that country wants me to do something for it. That country can go kick rocks, man. Oh uh, yeah, I, whew, I'm glad, glad I don't have to fucking be a deserter because my ass would have been in fucking Canada. It's got me fucked up, man. So this film came out June twelfth, twenty twenty. Oh, it's like a year old. So, uh, what do you guys think the budget for the Five Bloods was, Katie? Thirty million. Thirty million. Not bad. Deep out. Mm, Twenty-nine million. Oh, sneaky, sneaky, Greg. I haven't done this in a while. Not bad. Yeah. 
31 million dollars <laughs> the second both of you the second you said 30 katie already sat back in her seat she knew it was ah. happening <laughs> exactly what the fuck was happening god damn it <laughs> well i lost there's well, no way this was exactly 30 yeah so uh oil tycoon greg uh he he got it right so the budget God. was $35 million. This guy. You need to get a cowboy hat, Greg. We make these bets. You put it on real quick. <laughs> or just a, just a cigar. Yeah. So, so there was no uh, box office since this was a Netflix film. Uh, but I'd like to think that it got the views it needed. Oh, the streaming numbers are probably huge. Yeah. Uh, this film's fucking great. Uh, I thought I read something about um, the release. Let me see the reception. It was a top stream film in the first weekend. And then in the second week, it fell to sixth place. And Netflix reported that the film's been viewed by 27 million households since it's come out. And in November... Variety magazine said that the film was the 16th most watched straight to streaming title of 2020 to that point. Mm. Um, and Variety reported that the five bloods was among Netflix's most watched Oscar nominated titles. Um, everybody really enjoys this. I think the biggest gripe. Uh, it was in a month that 27 million households oh, happened in the first month it was damn. out. <laughs> Good job. Um, some people say that sometimes the plot can be a little erratic with the flashbacks and the flash forwards. And then the, towards yeah. the end, the third act with Paul and his whole journey, I can see how some people would say like, what's happening? But if you kind of have a brain, you can understand it. It's not hard, but mm-hmm. I could get, you know, someone that's not really trying to think that hard while they're watching it. I can understand it. Um, some people kind of complained about the length of the movie. I didn't feel that at all when we were watching it. Like I saw it said two and a half hours. I was like, fuck, that's kind of long. I complained before it started. Yeah. And then once it started, it just went. And I was like, that did not feel like two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. When awesome. Greg told me, when I told, when I texted the thread, what movie and when I started at five o'clock this afternoon, um, it did not feel like that. Yeah. yeah. It's it, when a movie is doing its job, you don't think about the time when, uh, but fucking Endgame. When Endgame was happening, I will say there were a few spots where I could feel the the, the action kind of wane a little bit, like in between spots. But the whole time, I didn't realize that that movie's like it's like seventeen hours long. But uh, three hours and two minutes. Yeah, it it didn't feel like three hours. I'll tell you that. Um, I feel bad for the people that have to pee every 30, 30 minutes when they go to things and live. Yeah, because they were constantly getting up. There were people peeing all the time in that movie but yeah it didn't feel like three hours to me and this movie did not feel like two and a half hours it just it just happened and then we were at the end i was like damn they got the gold good for them and i was like fuck that was two and a half hours so um i don't have anything else for the five bloods uh anybody got anything it was really good go watch it yeah you got anything great fun to watch this and harder they fall back to back because it, but they both include jonathan majors and delray lindo and harder they fall is pretty dang good dude just, De- yeah delray lindo out here just making him some money yeah mm-hmm. 
had no idea the man was British. What? Yes. That's a British guy. What a yes. black ass name like Delroy. Wow. That is. That just kind of sl- that just kind of came out of left field for me. Oh, I yeah. had no oh, idea. Man. I knew. I found out today. Oh. That's, that's kind of like when uh, uh, Bob Hoskins from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. If you actually hear him talk, he's English as fuck. Oh, and it makes me mad every time when I hear him like really talk. I'm like, that's, that's so weird. See, I don't ever think of him as being American because I don't think of Bob Hoskins from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think of Bob Hoskins. As Smee from Hook. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think about Hook first, but uh, I think like of the Hugh, one. Yeah, I think of Bob uh, Hoskins. Hugh, Hugh Laurie in uh, in House. He has a grumpy American accent, but that dude's English as fuck, and it makes me mad that English people can just change their. Wait, is is Hoskins English or Scottish? Uh, ooh, mm. I don't know which one, but he is not American. I can. Hey, uh, same as uh, what's his name? Uh, the chief from uh, Super Troopers. Oh, really? Yeah, that dude is Scottish as hell or Irish. Shit. I'm not surprised. Yeah, a lot of people with the strong voices go figure they're not from America. I'm not what's surprised. Damn it. What's the chief's name? I forgot now. Oh, bro. I haven't thought about <laughs> Super Troopers in a while. I love that movie. Yeah, because that guy was on Top Gear and he had like the thickest accent. Bob Hoskins is from England. Ah, oh, okay. Just broad England. Okay. Um, so Brian Cox, well, there you go. From the UK. Oh, yeah. Broad UK is what it's <laughs> from Barry St. Edmunds, United Kingdom. Oh, okay. So Scottish. It says Brian he's an English actor. So Brian Cox English. is Scottish. Yeah. I think English is just English. Like we're American. Or like if well, English is England. Oh, or like if I don't know there's a wrestling pay-per-view in Texas. It's not in Arlington. It's in Dallas. It's in Dallas. It's just, yeah, that's just how it works. You know, we're in Dallas. I'm like, Dallas is like an hour that way, dickhead. No, they gave Fort Worth their due money in the bank. Oh, did they say it? Because I usually yeah. they say Dallas for everything. No, they said Fort Worth. Good for them. Because I know uh, the stadium's in Dallas. <laughs> for WrestleMania, it's going to be in Dallas. Uh, no, it's going to be in Arlington, bud. Oh, they actually, good for them. They changed it. No, no. No, no, no. Michael Cole's going to say Dallas. 100%. He's, de- he's deaf. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> okay. But if you have any other cool fun facts about Chadwick Boseman or like that time Alan Tudor called him the N-word like 500 times, you can tweet us that. Alan Tudor. That was for in a fucking movie. Don't put that hate on Alan Tudor. He does not deserve it. Bro, he played that scene. That was or rough. if you have more yeah. about the movie... He did. That movie was fucking fantastic. Or uh, if you have any cool fun facts about Delroy Lindo and how I'm not really related to him, I wish I was. I wish that was my dad. I'd be legit. Uh, I'd be English and rich. And probably an actor. If that was my dad. Anyway, you can email us at Allentown Pod. No, Allentown Presents at gmail.com. You You fucked me up. You were talking about too much shit. Okay. (laughs) Uh, We have a Facebook ad. Allentown presents. Yeah, uh, all the episodes pop up when I drop it, so get a look. Uh, our views, our listens, views, views. Our listens are really, really good. Uh, the beginning of November, we already had three hundred downloads. Y'all, we, we we getting there. We we getting there. I remember when we first started, and like six people were like, "This episode sucks." I'm like, "Thank you for listening." 
Uh, and now it's like 300 people like this episode sucks. And I'm like, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> we're getting there. I'm very happy about this. So uh, thanks guys. So uh, thank you. The episodes are blurring together, the different things we do. I was going to say artwork and stuff. Uh, like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another war film. We got to actually figure that out. Um, we'll be back next week. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bloods. <laughs> Bloods.